1986, Derwin Gray transferred from Fox Tech High School to Converse Judson. He quickly learned that things moved at a faster pace there. Eventually, that program would change his life and launch him into a stellar career at BYU and then six years in the NFL. Now he is the lead pastor at Transformation Church, where he is changing lives on a daily basis. In today's Coaching to Change Lives, the podcast, learn how coaches change the life of one young man so that now he is changing the lives of people all over the nation. Today's episode is being brought to you by the new book, Strong and Courageous, a parable for teens and parents of teens on how to overcome challenges, defeat discouragement, and discover God's purpose in your life. You were uniquely created for this time in history. Discover what that is and why with the new book, Strong and Courageous. For more information, go to strongandcourageousbook.com. That's strongandcourageousbook.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here today for Coaching to Change Lives, the podcast. I have the distinct privilege to be on with Pastor Derwin Gray. Um, For all intents and purposes, he is my big brother. Um, He played at Judson when I was younger and um, just truly enjoyed being around him then. And then he's gone on to have tremendous success where he played in the NFL. And now he's the lead pastor at Transformation Church. And um, doing great things with his life and his impact with his ministry. And Dewey, I am so privileged and honored to have you here today. And thanks for taking the time to be with us. Oh, of course, Clint. Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate uh, just how you want to influence coaches because, you know, coaches have such an influence on their student athletes. And I'm a living um, testimony of that. And, 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 you know, one of the things about an impressionable time in your life is the people you meet, you kind of always see them in that light, even though time has passed. You know, so when I first came to Judson, it was uh, 1986, the second semester of my sophomore year. And so I always see Coach Rutledge, your dad is like that guy, you know, he used to wear like the the tight polyester red shorts and, uh, you know, that's not an image I really care to think about. I know what you're talking about, you know, the whistle around his neck. And I mean, little did I know that, you know, when you're 16, 15, you think 38's old, but 38's a young man. Like, you know, coach from Rutledge was still a young man, but we, you know, we saw him as, as, you know, old then. Uh, But this transcends just Judson. It's how do we help coaches embody the message that they want their players to get? Because um, winning a football game or any sport, competition is important. I think that's a gift from God, right? To compete, to be the best you can be, to work hard. Uh, Winning is important. Like I love winning much more than I love losing. But I think what your dad taught me and what coaching to really transform lives mean is who are you becoming in this competitive quest? And it's bigger than, okay, we won the game, but in this competitive quest, how do I learn the character traits to one become what I think is good for the world? And then two, how do I begin to disseminate and to multiply what I think is good for the world? And so my hope and my prayer is that as coaches listen 
that yes, they learn about key fundamental things to help them be successful, but the greatest competitive quest is the quest to be the kind of person that actually makes the world better, not in a big way, in a little way. If you had billions of people making the world better in a little way, that's a big way. Well, um, your testimony of where you came from to where you are now is is a fantastic story. And um, if you don't mind, share with our listeners real quick what your childhood was like before you came to Judson. What was life like for you? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up on the west side of San Antonio, Texas, 707 Arbor Street, uh, just a few blocks from the Lincoln Courts housing projects. My mom was uh, 16 when she was pregnant with me, 17 when she had me. My dad was 19 when I was born. And both my mom and dad struggled with some issues. And so my grandparents primarily raised me, particularly my grandmother. My grandfather taught me what work ethic was because I'd never seen that man miss a day of work. But my grandmother taught me what love was. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, but now that I look back, with 51-year-old eyes, man. It was a very traumatic, dysfunctional life. But when that's mm-hmm. all you know, that's that's all you know. And so there was uh, there was lots of violence. Um, there was lots of traumatic things. There was um, substance abuse issues and those types of things. And, and so, but back then you didn't have language for it. It was like, you just do what you got to do. And so uh, when I was about 13 or 14, I recognized that football could be a way for me to transcend my environment, that football could actually help me get a scholarship. When I was in eighth grade at Washington Irving Middle School, uh, Coach Bill Took was the, was, was the coach, and my mom came to practice, and at the end of it, he said to her, he said, you know, uh, if, if, if Dewey continues to grow and develop, that one day he maybe could get a scholarship. And so my mom mentioned to me and I said, what kind of ship is a scholarship? And she said, <laughs> she said, no, boy, a scholarship is colleges will pay for your education for you to play football. And so that little seed planted a dream. Right. And so I went to uh, Fox Tech High School, which is in downtown San Antonio. It's not even a school anymore, but played there my freshman year. There were some really good coaches that uh, really believed in me and pushed me. But my sophomore year, uh, my family had moved to Kirby, Texas. And so I, I, I was in the wrong district. Like I needed to go to. The thing about Judson, though, is Judson's reputation preceded itself and just how great the program was. And it matched up with my goals for my life. Besides, legally, I needed to go to Judson because I lived in Kirby. And so when I got to Judson my sophomore year, I had no idea what I was in for. I remember sitting down with Coach Rutledge and I asked him, you know, I said, hey, I want to get involved in the with the, you know, with the team now. And uh, well, he goes, well, you know, boot camp and all this stuff. And I don't want you to pick up any habits that aren't good because I didn't go through the <laughs> the classroom stuff. And so. <laughs> Man, when I got put into that context at at Fox Tech, I was a good player at Judson. Oh, my gosh. I could not keep up with anything. Uh, The work (laughs) ethic, the passion, the attention to detail. So my sophomore year, we had this thing called roads testing 
where you, you know, you run, you jump, you lift weights and all that stuff. And my sophomore year, I was like 71. And then I went to spring ball and I couldn't keep up with anybody. I think a part of it was my nutrition and those types of things, because when you when you're poor, you don't eat as well and you don't eat the right types of food. Mm. And so, man, at spring ball, I just couldn't keep up. And Coach Mike Sullivan, who was the defensive coordinator at that time, every day after practice, that man would make me run full pads. No one else is on the field but me. I'm running sprints. Mm. And I used to think he didn't like me. But what I came to understand is not only did he like me, he loved me and he saw what I could become. So it was almost like he was uh, digging for gold and he had to dig deep into my soul. Mm-hmm. And so I had no idea what he was what he was doing, but I caught the bug of a work ethic. And for the coaches who don't know, um, at Judson, we had a classroom time. And we were reading like Zig Ziglar, uh, uh, Ziglar. We were reading John Maxwell. We were reading all these leadership gurus, right, that I would pay $10,000 for a week for now to sit under. We were learning that in class. Before we even touched a football, we were learning classroom things, a philosophy of leadership. And I remember Coach Rutledge saying this. He goes, I can guarantee you that you can be a millionaire by the time you're 65, And this is how. And he talked about the magic of compounding interest in an IRA of how if you invest over time, by the time you get old enough with the amount of money you put put in and compounding interest, you could be rich. And as a poor kid, I was like, oh, my gosh, I could be rich. But then he turned a story and said, every day that you put in work, that's compounding interest. And I was like, that's it. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And once I caught the bug, the the work, the following year, when we did the Rhodes testing, I went from number 71 to number three. Wow. So in that part of a year, I went from a second string guy to one of the best athletes on the team. And if you know anything about Judson, like this is like, I mean, these are some athletes, right? I had the highest vertical leap on the team. Uh, my 40 it went down from like a 5.2 to in the four six four five range. I had gone from 145 to like 170 something. And so everything from the classroom to boot camp, little did I know is I was learning things that transcended football. Like being really good at football and learning to play on a team and the discipline and the sacrifice and the work ethic, that was the cherry on top of becoming a man that could actually go into the world and make a positive contribution. I I think in this day and age, everybody wants to be famous, but very few want to be faithful. Mm. And there's a difference. You can be famous for being an idiot. Yeah. But being faithful re- requires discipline and sacrifice and thinking about the other. And so that, that classroom time, the discipline time, and we didn't, I mean, we didn't talk about winning a lot. Um, What the coaches were able to do was to install within us. What are the things that help you win being relentless, your effort? You know, one of the things that coach used to say that I even say now is 
When you come into the locker room, don't even have a penny in your pocket because you spent it all out on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. Do your best. Don't sweat the rest. You know, I mean, so many of those things. I still do. Dude, I, I am. I am 51 years old, Clint. And there are still times where when things get tough, you know what I say to myself? If I can make it through a Judson boot camp, I can make it through this. I know what you're talking about. And it's the value of pushing through those things. And I think something important that you said that I don't want people to miss is you were challenged. I mean, you reached a point where you had to make a decision. Am I going to buy in and work to get to the point I want to be at? Or am I going to shut it down? And that resiliency and that toughness that you showed in that moment is what catapulted you on to the career you've had. And, you know, we need as parents and as coaches, we need to let our kids be challenged. We need to let them even fail because it's in those moments where they realize, man, I'm not the best one out here, but I can be Mm -hmm. if I work at it. Um, It's (laughs) in those moments where the growth happens. And too often in life today, I think as parents in the sports world, we just want it to be smooth sailing and see our kids have a ton of success. And that's not always the value that sports brings. The grass grows in the valley, not at the mountaintops. And I think we have to understand the valley is where the green pastures are. We think it's the mountaintop, but we're going to spend most of our time in the valley. And we live in such an age now where uh, parents rescue kids. They don't let them go through adversity. One of the good things about being a child of the 80s is you just you, you just had to do it. But you also mm-hmm. had coaches like a Judson who understood what their purpose was. It wasn't merely to use us to win games. It was actually being a resource to help us go into the world to be people that could make a difference in a small way. Uh, my senior year, <clears throat> I missed uh, practice. And Clint, I did not have a good excuse for missing practice. And you know, and I know, if you miss practice at Judson, you either had better uh, got zapped into a multiverse or an <laughs> alien should have abducted you. Well, none of those things happened to me. And uh, I showed up to practice the next day. But before I did, one of my teammates called me and said, your position is gone. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I get the practice, man, and I'm not second team. I'm like, I'm behind JV guys. Like, I'm on third team. Coach Sullivan didn't say nothing to me the whole week. Coach Rollins didn't say nothing to me the whole week. And, <laughs> man, we we go on to win the game. We beat Highlands 45 nothing, and I didn't play. And at this point, I'm going, what have I done? Mm. What have I done? And I distinctly remember – filling out paperwork for the Marines. I was like, okay, I blew this and it's nobody's fault but my own. And I filled out the paperwork for the Marines and I was going to wait until the end of the year or if this continued, I was going to say this is what I was going to do because I was going to leave where I, where, I, where I was. The following week, Coach Sullivan <clears throat> calls me up to his office and he sits me down and it's super intense and he just starts crying Tears are just rolling down his face. And he says, Dewey, I am not going to allow you to play if you don't give me your best. You have the ability and the potential to be great, but you're not giving it all to me. And then he held out his hand and he says, I have your future 
right here. What are you going to do? And then I'm crying. He's crying. And he says, I want you to wipe your tears. The underclassmen respect you. Practice comes the next day. I had never played that hard. It was just, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, we tackled at practice, like full speed. Yeah. Full, and man, I yeah. was just blowing everybody up. So Wednesday practice was great. Thursday practice, you know, walkthrough. Tuesday practice was great. But then Friday comes, we're playing East Central at home. Brian Mahowski's brother was starting ahead of me. And the first play of defense, I'm still on second string. After the first play was over, Coach Sullivan said, Dewey, get in the game. And man, when I went in, I was a different person. I was hitting the East Central receiver so hard that in today's game, it would have been flags. I went from a good high school player to somebody that would eventually play in the NFL. And mm. I credit Coach Sullivan with that because he loved me enough to say, I'm going to challenge you as a man, and I'm going to get the most out of you. And the reality is you need people in your life who don't coddle you, but who challenge you and who are there for you. That has never left me. That has never left me all the days of my life. Like even now, as I think about it, I get emotional. He and Coach Rutledge were by far the best coaches that I ever had. Coach Rutledge, what he did so well is he taught me the power of vision. Like he Mm -hmm. took all of us kids from, you know, poor kids from Kirby and rich kids from Live Oak and black and white and Asian and Latino. And he gave us a vision where we not only bought in, we lived it, right? Like we would run through a brick wall for him, right? Yeah. And 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 Coach Sullivan taught me uh, mastering your craft. When I got to college and when I got to the NFL, I didn't need to learn anything else about the proper mechanics of being a DB because I learned it at Jetson. By far, the best defensive back coach I ever had was Mike Sullivan. He taught me how to study film. So when I got to college, I knew how to study film. I knew how to break it down. Um, All people are created equal, but not all coaches are equal. And so for the coaches listening, learn your craft. Teach your athletes how to study the game. Give them a high football IQ. The reason why that 1988 state championship team on defense had nine shutouts in 16 games, we only gave up 3.2 points per per game, is we were so disciplined. And what people may or may not know is on that 1988 state championship team, 10 out of the 11 starters played football in college, and three of us played in the NFL. It's just so interesting, and I hope coaches are hearing this, that the success you've had and weighing on that state championship team and being a leader there, all of that had its turning point moments where you were pushed to a point of deciding which way are you going to go? Yes. You know, and it could have gone either way. And it took you hitting that valley before you decided I'm going to do something with my life. And that's the value that coaches bring. That's the value that sports bring is you, you take these kids that man come from all different backgrounds 
and they are looking to please you. I, when I speak to coaches, I always say, what other profession out there has the ear of a teenager like a coach? Nobody does. There's no other profession where a teenager actually wants to please an mm-hmm. adult like they do a coach. Mm-hmm. And when you've got that attentiveness, you've got that responsibility at that point to make a difference, to point them in the right direction. And man, you're just a living testimony of when that happens, like Coach Sullivan did for you and, and my dad did for you and all the coaches there of what can happen to a person's life. So now you're, you obviously, you went on to BYU and I love when you share your highlights on Twitter, by the way, those are always fun to watch, but you went on to BYU, unbelievable career. Then you go into the NFL, play for a good number of years there, which is really hard to do. You turn your life over to Christ. And then when your time in the NFL is done, you start a church. And now this church has exploded. Your ministry's exploded. But when you trace it all back to those moments in high school and the things you learned, how has that impacted still what you do today as a father, as a <laughs> husband, and as a pastor? Yeah, you, you know, the first thing is I remember after practice, Coach Rutledge would lead us in prayer. He never shoved anything down our throats. Like he he embodied what it meant to follow Christ. Like no man's perfect, but man, I tell there was no cussing at Judson that I ever heard from coaches. He was like, I want to be like him when I grew up. Little did I know he was like that because he knew and followed Christ. Yeah. So what I would say, number one, and this is what I this is what I say to our staff. The church is the ultimate team. And we've already won. We just need to walk into the victory. And everybody has a role. Some of us are offensive linemen, defensive linemen, running backs, receivers, kickers, you know, all this stuff. But we are one team. And a healthy work ethic is a beautiful thing. Sacrifice is a beautiful thing. Considering another is a beautiful thing. And so I can trace it all the way back to Judson that God was doing so much more than just simply making me a future NFL player. He was doing all that, and and I had to respond to it, but he was doing all that so that this could be an expression of what he wanted to to do. And so, matter of fact, in one of my books, I I actually shared how the vision for being a multi-ethnic church was started at Judson because you had coaches and you had players from all different backgrounds. Being out by all the Air Force bases and the military people, you had tons of diversity and we were able to love each other in immense ways. It was it was utterly beautiful how we were able to love each other in the way the coaches loved us. Now, um, they loved us with a degree of toughness, which I think we need to get back to that. The world is tough, man, and it requires tough people. Tough does not mean you're not in touch with your emotions. Tough simply means you don't allow your emotions to govern you and to run you. And right. so, I, you know, I trace it back to what I learned at Judson and the principles and all those things that has helped make me not only a better man, a better pastor as well. I'm going to leave you with one more question. If you could deliver one message to young coaches out there today, coaches that are getting going in the profession, um, what would be your message to them about what their job is truly all about? This is what I would say to them. Um, I would say this, the most important part of your job 
is to make sure that you are embodying what you want your players to become. So I pray that your record with your wife is better than your coaching record or with your husband. I I pray that your record with your children is better than your record on the field. And so what I mean is this, is your character is going to be more important than how well you coach, but how well you coach should be shaped by a character that masters the craft of that particular sport. And also that you surround your student athletes with a coaching staff that understands that as well, because young people are impressionable and you're leaving a deposit in them for a lifetime. Man, thank you again for taking the time to to be on the podcast today and um, for all that you're doing in our country um, to to heal our nation, to heal the racial divide like your most recent book was so well written and done. And um, man, keep up the good work. And thanks for all you're doing, Dewey. Thank you, Clint. I appreciate you tremendously, my friend. And I'm super proud of, of you. And I hope that uh, thousands upon thousands of coaches are gleaning wisdom from this podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Dewey. Take care. Take care. Today's episode was brought to you by coachingtochangelives.com. For motivational resources and lessons from the original curriculum, please visit coachingtochangelives.com. If you or someone you know has a great story of a life that was changed by a coach, please email us at clint at clintrutledge.com. Again, that's clint at clintrutledge.com. 